and welcome to Move the Line Prop Drop Show. I'm Ryan Noonan, back with my friends here to talk about the best way and the most profitable way to bet on NFL football, and that is Player Props, live here, 2 p.m. Eastern, every Friday, keeping the train rolling through the Super Bowl, giving you our favorite player prop looks, and taking your questions. So, if you're hanging out with us now on YouTube, subscribe before we get started so you don't miss a show. Lots of other great content here on the 4 for 4 YouTube page. Smash that like button. Uh, goes a long way in helping us out. And jump in the chat. Let us know what your favorite prop look for Week 17 is. Uh, any thoughts on a play you want to get our takes on? I'll try to get to as many as we possibly can here at the end of the show. Joining me here, as always, from Mexico, Connor Allen. How are we doing? Good. Uh, have not started drinking today. A little bit of a slow start this morning. So No tequila uh, yeah. yet? Uh, no, I mean, it's it's almost time. I mean, after the show, I, I should have been fired up a little bit before the show, but, you know, wasn't up for it this morning. Had to dig through these props. There's not a ton out right now. So I really tried to, you know, tried hard to find some stuff that I really like. Yeah, we're, we're talking here before we kicked off and went live. I'm, technically, um, as far as like our four for four subscribers go, uh, Connor and I have pushed out zero plays. Um, we had a few last night. Went very well. Uh, zero current plays for the weekend right now. A few looks we'll talk through with uh, the man behind the Mayo Media Network and the Pat Mayo experience. It is Pat Mayo. Um, we're also just kind of bemoaning the lack of uh, of stuff that we typically like. How are we doing today, Pat? Doing well. I have, I have two that I've played so far. One of them just dropped off the board, but like we were talking about, it's likely to re-pop up here in a minute because nothing actually affected him from the game outside of the opposing starting quarterback with Mr. Mr. Blau, David Blau. He's back. Didn't realize he was still in football. Did not know that David Blau was the four-string quarterback in Arizona either, but uh, here we are. They've had a, uh, a rough go of it there in the desert, and uh, it's not going to be any easier. But, yeah, I imagine those things come back right around where they are. I have another look in that game I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on, too, when we get there. So, uh, again, I want to remind folks, still two episodes of Move the Line each week, both available here on YouTube and in podcast form, wherever you consume podcasts. This is the Prop Drop Show. Connor and I are joined by John Daigle on Wednesday evenings, 7.30 uh, Eastern, typically. Um, been a little bit earlier uh, at times, um, mostly because of my schedule. But uh, that's a little bit more game previews, sides, totals, things of that nature. Again, get all of that where you can find the podcast or here on YouTube. Also, another unique uh, YouTube channel, 4 for 4 Bets. Original content there every day. Uh, looks on the NBA side, or, uh, more college hoops, especially as the uh, NFL starts to to tune down a little bit. So uh, subscribe to both those channels. Lots of great content there. And again, even though we are winding down in the regular season, um, that's more relevant for fantasy. Who cares? We still have, you know, six, seven weeks of actual football to bet on here. Uh, it's a great time to get a betting subscription at four for four gets you access to literally everything on the site. If you are still grinding all those other things and then all the other sports, um, every article, every tool uh, we're covering NBA, college hoops, MMA, uh, continue to have more stuff. We'll be, you know, kind of, including some of our golf stuff from Betsperts Golf, uh, a little bit over there too, particularly in the discords. It's really where you want to get in there. That's where Connor and I push all of our picks through. Um, Wait, Con Connor has golf picks? Connor does not have golf picks. No, no, but no. Uh, I will have no. golf picks and we'll be, uh, I'm excited. Golf starts next week and finally get in there. Connor will bet golf, but uh, you know, the only time Connor touted a, uh, a golf pick was when he um, tried to convince me to bet on nasty Nate Lashley to repeat um at uh in detroit a couple years ago i think it was so yeah we, we don't take connor's golf picks um did not go well connor no 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 so uh no, no golf picks there but uh again discord is where you want to be can't make it any cheaper 
It is $34 from now until the end of February to get the betting subscription. It's typically, uh, you know, closer to 300 for the full season. Obviously we're not giving you a full season worth of stuff at this point. It ends in February. Uh, but again, you're going to get a lot of value. Um, hopefully you just win that back this week. I think we can more than recoup that $34 uh, in this week. So 444.com slash plans for the betting subscription. Still doing DFS stuff as well. Uh, TJ Hernandez, John Daigle still pumping out all that stuff all the way through the Super Bowl as well. So if you're playing single game stuff in the playoffs or that short slate stuff, we'll have all that covered for you as well. All right. Connor, let you get started. I know no official plays, but again, we're definitely going to be giving you live lines because we haven't bet any of these. Uh, looks like Pat has a few, but uh, I want to talk through a few with the guys. We'll get some tackles at the end. Again, they're just before we went live, like five minutes ago, they posted three tackle props from the Browns. Um, that tells you a little bit about how the tackle market goes at times. Uh, there's really no rhyme or reason. Uh, they didn't even give you the other side of the game. It's peculiar, but we'll get there when we get there. But Connor, first play, week 17. Yeah, they're scared. That's why they, you know they're they're looking at your record after you start doing projections. And uh, we had the Kane Nellis. They're, like, they're they're shaking in their boots. So good about Kane Nellis, and for some reason he played ninety five percent of the snaps all season in that role, seventy percent of the snaps last week, and he hooked up. We lost by a half on the Kane Nellis play here last week. He's a scrub, anyways. Never. I I, I feel I was watching that because I had bet on that too. You convinced me on it. I was like, oh no, he's going to get to eight here, and it looked like he had made a tackle they didn't give him credit for on the final drive. You're in it. This is this is what happens. This is the the once you get in this these streets, Pat, uh, it becomes a different viewing experience. You like update, refreshing the screen. Like he was in on that play. Like there's an assist there. Yeah, like, I'm time. watching the game. It's like I'm pretty sure that's 55. I think I think this is working for us. I think this happened. It's like no, no it didn't happen. No, did not happen. So yeah, we were we were trending well. Should have got there, but I don't know why they decided to give him part time work. But uh, Hey, here we are. It's week 17. We got to worry about this on the defensive side too, with these guys maybe playing a little bit less or, um, you know, trying to be careful with that as well as we get in here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, Connor, start us off. Yeah. And I, I do want to mention that we're doing something a little different this week. Normally uh, I'll release kind of simultaneously a couple props uh, in the discord at the same time as we're doing this. I have not released anything yet. So these are live. These are, we'll be posting the discord after the show, but I uh, wanted to give, you know, all the live listeners here a chance at it first. Um, so my first one, I'm going to go Devin Singletary under 47 and a half rushing yards. I know he's been crushing as of late, but now he matched up against the Bengals. Since DJ Reader returned full-time in week 12, Bengals fourth in run defense EPA, fourth in explosive run rate allowed. They've really only had one blip in like those games they, when they played the Chiefs, but they held Ramondre to 38 yards on 13 carries, Rashad White to 38 yards on 11 carries, Fournette to 44 on 10, Chubb to 34 yards on 14 carries and Derrick Henry to 38 yards on 17 carries. Um, I also think there's like risk of, you know, James Cook continuing to split work and they're going to not be as efficient. And then I think there's also a chance where the Bengals come out here and, uh, you know, make it make the Bills not be in constant positive game script here. So I think that in this spot, you know, you're probably going to see less volume than normal. There's a chance where James Cook still gets his and probably not that efficient. So I thought 47 and a half is just a little bit too high. I think it should be closer to like 40. Yeah, I can get behind that. Pat, any initial thoughts? Um, what do you have Singletary at? Nah, I have Singletary on and now I have to go run my numbers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, logically, I, I think that makes a ton of sense. It, it's sort of like those Eagles passing props that we were smashing the first 10 weeks of the year. Yeah, I get it. DJ Reader, um, a questionable, I think. Um, so I'm not quite sure what to make of that. We also have an extra day of practice reports for, for them, and I um, – I think that's probably a big piece of the handicap, but um, we'll have to watch and, and wait and see because I haven't heard that he is not playing. I'm surprised to see that he was questionable, but um, I, I kind of that kind of ties into one that I have, and I would love to know that DJ Reader is 
in or out before I make it to, because I think it definitely uh, impacts the, the way that the bills kind of approach this game. So where, where, where the hell was this guy at? Not even, oh, there he is. Devin Singletary, 42 rushing yards. That's what I'm seeing. That's me. I don't see any Brian Robinson rushing props right now, but I know that prize picks was hanging a 65 and a half on him. That if that's the real number, I love that over with Antonio. I mean, whether Antonio Gibson was going to be in or out, he is officially out as of now. Uh, I still would have loved that over because he had 15 carries against the 49ers in the first half last week, and they were not sniffing a lead in that game. No, that was that's a great look on the list. I'm sure Connor as well, because uh, we are definitely, you know, Connor has got these like, you know, pie in the sky dreams of Brian Robinson cashing our offensive rookie of the year tickets here with, uh, you know, six tutties uh, in, in 200 yards per game here to, to end the season. It's happening. I mean, it's like literally it's I can already see it in the headlights now. Brian Robinson, 200 yards and six touchdowns in the next two games. The, all the media is like buzzing, you know, just like, man, this guy got shot in preseason, came back, and he's just a beast on the road. Washington makes the playoffs, maybe. On the back of Brian Robinson, I mean, it's a lock. It's, it's going to happen. You know, I mean, I've never seen a, a better lock at this point in the career. He, uh, he only needs 200 yards. Daniel's telling us 65 and a half, still up on prize picks right now if you are playing over there. Because they have such arbitrary rules around what qualifies for it, you just made the case for Brian Robinson comeback player of the year as well. Can you come back in your rookie season? Um, I think maybe you can. I don't know. That's why comeback player of the year is the most ridiculous award. Because some guys just come back from sucking, right? Like you just come back from being terrible for multiple years. And the, I don't know. It's a it's a really weird award. Uh, Pat, is that uh, – B Rob, look, your first official play, or did you have another one? I mean, if that number is available, because obviously you have to parlay it with something at Prize Picks if you want it. If that's available at a sports book, that would be a most definite over. Even when I had Antonio Gibson in, I had him projected at 82 rushing yards okay. in this game. So without Antonio Gibson, I assume they're not going to be like, you know, who we need to use more of Jonathan Williams. Hopefully that doesn't <laughs> come to that. So, you know, 20 plus carries against Cleveland Brown sounds pretty good for me. I uh, know my official play is going to be. Over six and a half more times that Connor's internet cuts out. <laughs> Is it brutal right now? What do we got? Uh, We're running on the, the resort Wi-Fi right now. So. It's a little, you know, it's it's been better. But it's, you know. We All missed. right, let me see what we got. No, I, I'm actually going to take Drake London over 58 and a half receiving yards based on what we've seen from him with Ritter under center against a pretty soft defense, one that can attack you, but still pretty soft on the back end. And he's getting like over 40% of his team's targets i mean he's crushed this number the past two weeks with ritter i don't think the matchup is all that difficult to begin with so just volume wise it feels like drake london needs to get over this number as long as he plays the entire game yeah um, in the soft spot i mean this this arizona defense is pretty terrible on uh you know against the pass against the run and when you're seeing like even a low volume seeing like 40 42 percent of the target share uh, pretty easy for you to get there. So yeah, I like the uh, I like the Drake London look as as well. I think it opened at fifty two and a half and got jammed up immediately. Came off the board and then came back up at fifty eight and a half, which I still think is is a viable play too. Um, Pat, do you have a what would you play Brian Robinson up to? Um, say you know the sports books open up open him up at a different number than sixty five and a half. Do you have like an up to number? Yeah, I have an up to seventy two and a half as okay. a very strong over sixty five percent winner play. Yeah, I would put him in that spot too. I still think it's a good look. It's a good matchup. 
All right, uh, I'm going to stay in the same game that Connor did to start because I find the Josh Allen passing yard number to be pretty interesting. And it's actually interesting for a couple of reasons. I think it just is um, – he's been underperforming as of late in comparison to early in the season where they had a massive pass rate over expectation. Um, they've definitely been skewing more balanced. You can make the case that it's been matchup-related, that it's been elbow-related. Um, I think you can make the case the last couple of weeks that it's been weather-related even, right? Like – they didn't really need to push in Chicago. The wind was an issue. It was really cold. We're going to have a game where, to Connor's point, I think the Bengals pushed them to a different degree than they've been pushed as of late. And I think you're just going to see more attempts here. Um, and I want to get this correct because it's all over the place. Let me find passing yards. Pretty large discrepancy from book to book, um, depending on what you're looking at here. Uh, let me see. Where am I at? Yeah, Josh Allen is out there. There, it's moving a little bit. So it looks like the lowest now is up to 247 and a half. That's on DraftKings. Um, there are 255 and a halfs out there, 253s. Actually, Bet River still has a 242 and a half on Josh Allen. I like the over on his passing yards here. I think he is going to be um, forced to drop back, like I said, a little bit more. Obviously, I feel better knowing that DJ Reader is in for Cincinnati, knowing that they probably are going to have a little bit more difficulty on the ground. I think this is just kind of a get-right spot for Stefan Diggs, who struggled a little bit. Uh, just, again, the nature of this game in prime time, I think both these quarterbacks are going to be, you know, we're going to have four quarters. There's no, like, concern about these teams and their motivation here. Both teams really need to to get seeding, uh, number one seed up for, for grabs for both teams. So over 242.5 live now on Allen, on Rivers, I think is, is a play for me. Yeah, I'm at 255.5, so that number, when you said the different – sites actually makes a ton of sense that's exactly on the number for my projection connor any initial thoughts on on alan it kind of pairs well with your single team uh single theory play yeah no i think that we'll uh i think it'll get there probably it'll probably be like high 240s maybe low 250s because i mean especially if this game goes back and forth i mean ladders are in play for sure you know like i think this game we talked about it in our last show but this is just a really wide range of outcomes where i think we were kind of unsure how these teams settle in and like how they figure each other out but like we could see you know five touchdown fourth quarter and i don't think anyone would be surprised because both of these teams are just so explosive offensively they just had their little blips here and there uh especially but i think i do think this number is a little bit too low like you know normally if you're project this number out and not like hadn't watched the past few weeks i guess you know i would have probably guessed they would be close to like 265 270 to be honest yeah i agree so in 240s uh not even playable at DraftKings. uh yeah DraftKings caesars caesars is juiced on 247 and a half so it looks like they're taking some action on the over uh even at the highest number on the board so uh yeah that's a that'll be a play for me uh, so back to you connor number two yeah, my second one is a fun one, one that uh, one of our guys in the chat here, Brian Sullivan, brought up. Jamal Williams over 48 and a half rushing yards. I know he struggled as of late. So, you know, if you're looking at the last few games, I think they deserve a little bit of context. Blowout loss to the Panthers and really underwhelmed in kind of like middling matchups against the Vikings, who are 16th to run DBOA. Jets were 8th. Jags were 12th. But now he gets the Bears, 29th run DBOA on the season, 31st in explosive run rate allowed after Quinn uh, and Roquan were traded. On top of this, Lions six-point favorites, still have playoff hopes. Um, and beyond that even, um, you know, there was – we did some research on, uh, like, you know, incentives. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily in play this week, but he's 150 away, 150 yards away from an incentive. The team loves Jamal. The coaching staff loves Jamal. Um, so I don't necessarily think that that's a massive factor here, but, like, you know, if they're up by 14 points, I could very see well see it being a factor if they're just continuing to feed him the ball in a fantastic 
matchup here. So for me, 50 yards on a guy that has continued to outcarry DeAndre Swift uh, the past few weeks and could see, you know, 15 plus 15 ish carries, I think, in that range. Um, like, you know, has a good amount of upside and should easily get over this number. Yeah, we're back in the dome, so we can expect a little bit more of uh, what we've seen early in the season. Obviously, a great matchup. The Bears are giving it up all over the place. The defense has been by far the worst in the league uh, since the trades, basically Roquan Smith, uh, Robert Quinn. Any thoughts there, Pat, on uh, the Lions' backfield? Yeah, I like Jamal Williams here. Uh, I would more or less want to play his anytime touchdown number rather than any sort of yardage props. And at 365 right now, it's minus 120 for an anytime touchdown for Jamal Williams. So I like that a lot. He's in position to lead the league in in uh, touchdowns for the season, which is a, a wild thing. I know that's his MO, but like I, something like this, you feel like it's just going to tail off as the season goes along. He benefited from, you know, Henry sitting and, you know, Chubb has kind of stalled a little bit, but uh, yeah, they love him around the goal line. Well, it's, he's no different than what Zeke is, to be perfectly honest. No, that's fair. You. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go to Seahawks Jets. For mine, I've previously discussed how, you know, Ken Walker could see 85 carries in this game and everyone on the Seahawks passing game, except for like Noah Fant, who is actually kind of banged up, but not seriously banged up. Mark, Mark, Tower Lockett has a broken finger. He might play. Pretty sure that Marquise Goodwin broke his wrist last week, diving for a pass, and they tried to bring him back in later in the game. They threw it to him, and he couldn't close his hand on the ball. DK got banged up in that game. He's probably going to get a ton of sauce. Gardner here, so why don't we just put this all together and just say Geno Smith under 236.5 passing yards. That's a big number. That is a big number. Uh, That is – where are we looking there? Um, yeah, it's 236. There's actually some, there's a 241 and a half out there, uh, at MGM. Uh, but two thirty. what am I missing here? Two, yeah, that seems, that seems too high. Uh, you make a great case. Like, unless DK goes for 180. I don't know where these yards come from. It's also a horrible matchup, right? The Jets, especially in the perimeter, which is really kind of the strength of this matchup for the Seahawks, uh, or where their offense plays well. That's just a really bad matchup for, uh, for the spot. Connor, any thoughts there? I kind of like that look. No, I was actually thinking about how to fade this as well, because I think like, three weeks in a row I've been successfully fading kind of like perimeter receivers against the Jets because it's I mean, it's just like a, an awesome spot here. My only concern with fading Metcalf is that he's just, I mean, DK Metcalf. But I do think that as a whole, like fading Geno, like you're right, they're probably not going to be able to feed enough to DK even if he has his one, you know, one or two free plays plus through the slot, like another whatever, 180 yards through the slot. Uh, I don't imagine that being the case. So, yeah, I think that's a, that under is a good look there for sure. Um, and we could see the Jets like run the ball like 35 times here in this spot against the Seattle defense that's been awful. And Mike White's back, who I think will help him move the ball a little bit more successfully than, you know, Zach Wilson was. Yeah, like I would play, if I could find the numbers, I would play over Garrett Wilson. I'd play under Geno, and I would play over Noah Fant receiving yards, which I can't assume are a lot. Play those on a, like, those are a bad correlated same game parlay, just waiting to spike those odds through the roof. I'm going to add another leg to it and love to see what your thoughts are in the same game. Um, Tight ends have feasted against the Seahawks all season long. And Tyler Tyler Conklin is 26 and a half receiving yards. Um, had some good games early in the season when Mike White was in there. And we've seen pretty solid route participation, uh, even with Zach Wilson for Conklin. Um, you know, anytime you're getting upwards of 65, 70% for a tight end, that's a pretty good spot. And that's basically where he's been. Uh, let me see. I think he was at 77 Last week, uh, yeah, the Seahawks are 29th on the season in DVOA against the tight end position. I think they were giving up the most fantasy points per game this season, like a ton of yards 
Uh, there's some teams like the Cardinals, for instance, that are giving up uh, significantly more receptions um, and targets, but the yardage against Seattle to tight ends has been uh, astronomical from like a you know per reception basis. So yeah, I like the Conkle play. Let me see where he's at. Uh, yeah, seventy three percent. 25 and a half I'm seeing. Okay. Yeah. I've seen, I saw it move. I almost went at 26 and a half. I saw it jump to 25, jump right back up to 26. So yeah, I think we're, we're right in there. Yeah. 73% route participation last week, you know, targets did right around the same at 17%, which is kind of where he's at in the season, you know, not super exciting, but pretty low threshold in the spots. And the matchup I think is, is pretty great. So um, you can yeah, sell me you on. Have to, you have to watch out for the secret of the Uzma and he might come get you. For sure. And we saw that a couple weeks ago, uh, 51% route participation for Conklin. But then I, I like what we saw. I think that was a Wilson game, though. Yeah, they the last couple have been Wilson games. So, yeah, I think the, I think the threshold is low. And we've seen some, like, you know, 50, some tough matchups, too, where he's exceeded this, like, 34 yards um, in some tougher spots with White as the quarterback. So, I think they have some success there. You can sell me on Garrett Wilson. You can sell me even on Elijah Moore, who's still kind of running reps and has obviously showed – I know it, it's it's ugly, but it's with Wilson it's or with White, it's been significantly better. Um, obviously, he and Zach Wilson do not see eye to eye, but Zach Wilson will be uh, in street clothes for this one and uh, probably not throwing to Elijah Moore anytime again in his career. So, yeah, we have a comment here. Garrett Wilson up at uh, 65 and a half at uh, an offshore. Uh, so I think that that's I don't know. I, I was seeing some 58 and a half on prize picks early in the week, and those were looked really nice. Uh, I think that are like low 60s makes a ton of sense like i saw someone say that the last few weeks of zach wilson has been an audition for mike white and i just don't think that could have been an even better like more well said because this is so true like the, the stark difference of like how well mike white is just able to do the simple things versus zach wilson is just like unbelievable yeah and just the efficiency of the offense is just in such a different place so it's a little rich but i you know i don't mind it that's why i just think conklin can do it here literally on a reception or two because of what we've seen uh, happened to the the Seahawks all season long. So the um that number's up at 65 and a half is up at bet 365 right now too. I need 365. I asked Santa for Christmas for 365. It didn't happen. All right. Uh do they, do they have any plans to come to Illinois? Have you looked at that or no? I don't think they do. Why not? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're just in Jersey, I think, in the States. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah strange. No, they're in Vegas okay. too, I think. Or in Nevada. Uh, we're halfway through, shared two each. If you're hanging out with us live in the chats, uh, let us know any looks that you have for week 17. And we'll get to those at the end of the show. Back to Connor for prop number three. Yeah, I got two more unders to wrap us up on the show here. But my first one, Nick Foles, I'm going to go under 209 and a half passing yards. I mean, he just looked so unbelievably bad last week. And now, you know, draws a Giants team that's susceptible to the run. I know we got in trouble fading, fading the Giants last week. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins ended up busting our under on the final drive. If the Giants just had – if the Vikings had just stopped the Giants, like, you know, on the last drive and they scored eight points in the final three minutes, uh, Kirk Cousins under would have cashed. But now we're getting a spot here where I think this is like – there's multiple layers of this because we saw Nick Foles come in against the Blitz. He had went three for six for 24 yards, threw an interception, and had two sacks. Now draws the Giants who blitz at the highest rate in the league, play a ton of man coverage against a team in the Colts that just generally the receivers aren't very good at separating. So I think there's a bunch of 
players there where you know Alec Pierce has struggled to separate. I mean, Michael Pittman can separate, uh, and then Paris Campbell has been all over the place. So looking at a team that they'll probably want to run, and then if they need to throw, they're probably not going to have too much success here. I also think the coaching, coaching mismatches is massive here. So, like, you can kind of get around some of that stuff if you have a great coach who can scheme around, you know, blitz-heavy teams. I think we saw a little bit Kevin O'Connell do as well. But, I mean, this is Parks Frazier versus Week Martindale we're talking about. Like, Parks Frazier is a nobody. Like, he's not going to be scheming around, you know, blitz, blitz heavy, man heavy schemes here. He's just going to throw, uh, you know, foals out there and make him look horrible. So, uh, you know, I, I really think this is a good spot here. 209 yards uh, seemed like a lot, even against a defense that on paper, their metrics are not good. Uh, I just think this spot here generally will be tough for them to move the ball uh, through the air. Yeah. Had any leans there? Not really. <laughs> it's a low threshold, but, man, they they – it was rough last week with Foles. Um, they, I kind of agree with you on the separation piece. Like, uh, it's not necessarily the strength of the uh, Colts receiving core there, uh, and even like Zach Moss not really featured at all in the passing game. Doesn't have like breakaway after the catch stuff anyway. If they happen to get him in, where someone like Deion Jackson was in there, we've seen him be able to have a little bit of juice after the catch, where you can get some garbage receiving yards there from the backfields. Uh I had Deion Jackson over 10 and a half receiving yards on Monday. Oh, no. He had nine, right? On three receptions. And one of them was for negative nine <laughs> yards. I laugh because it's painful because we've been there. Uh, oh. oh, boy. I, I think of the, uh, was, was it ETN, Connor? The ETN game in Washington where he had like that one carry that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It was rough. He got it was a it was a props 18 and a half receiving yards. He had like 22 and then caught a pass, fumbled out of bounds six yards, and it was a six yard loss. He ended up with 18 and he did not hit the over on his 18 and a half receiving yard prop. I mean, and it was that like was the first or second insane. quarter. So you think like, oh, no big deal. He's got the rest yep. of the game, didn't catch another ball. Uh, yeah, we've. <laughs> do, do you find it odd that he's just a non factor in the yes, passing game? Very strange. I do for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, their passing game is pretty good, so you can't really fault them. Sure, but why not add the elements? Like you don't even have to really account for it. Like they don't even they don't even mess with him. He's, but like if you go look up his routes run, I bet you they're really high. Like he's always running routes out of the backfield. They just never pass yeah, to him. It's it is surprising because it was such a huge piece of his makeup coming out, and obviously it's not like a a Lord's thing. These they did it together, right? I mean, it's just it's wild. Um, yeah, on the season, uh, and he's basically been there. He's fifty one percent routes run on the season. Even the last few weeks, he's been right around like high 60s, um, you know, mid 60s, high 50s. But his target per route run in the season is 13%, which is like bad tight end type of route participation. So, yeah, it's it's very, very strange. And they're like bringing Mike Lasty in and throwing to him, which is the strangest thing, too. So, Well, I think a lot of the routes and plays that would have been designed for ETN earlier on in the year actually go to Jamal Agnew. Yeah, that's true. They use him for a lot of the gadget stuff. Yeah, it, it's weird. The the Jamal Agnew and Jamichael Hasty wheel routes, you know, like 30-yard wheel routes that they're catching are just like unreal. It's like, why can't they Kind of jam ETN? it to him whenever you can. Sense. All right, Pat. Uh, what's the third look? Okay, this one's not fun. Uh, in that indie game, I think the only thing I would probably play from the indie side of the ball is I like Zach Moss over 59 and a half rushing yards based on the way that they used him last week. Even while they were trailing, they still ran him, which you know, it's easier to do, I suppose, against the New York Giants. But I'm going to go to the Los Angeles Chargers, almost at San Diego. Justin Herbert, 284 passing yards under since this defense has actually been good. 
I mean, I just don't think that there's a big need for Herbert to go back and swing it 55 times at the moment. You could almost correlate this with over Josh Kelly rushing yards, I think. Eckler's a bit banged up. We've seen Josh Kelly get his like four to eight carries a game. He's usually right over 30 yards. There's no number on him out there yet. Uh, That would actually be my preference, I think, because I bet you that comes in around like 20 and a half. But those two together, I just, I don't think that there's going to be a need. I mean, they have nothing to play for. Well, what's the point of this? No, I like that. I mean, they've been so pass heavy, but again, like the other thing the Rams do, they've been playing slow and their games have had significantly fewer snaps than average too. So you just could get, you could get there on the volume play too, where they just have fewer plays than normal uh, and then just some sort of balanced attack. Uh, and then you, you know, unless he's breaking multiple big plays, which isn't Keenan Allen's MO. Uh, and if you don't have Austin Eckler in there to break some big ones too, kind of like it. Uh, Connor, any thoughts on, on that play? No, it seemed it did seem high given the matchup and everything. I was looking at the other side of the ball potentially with like a Baker under because, like you said, the Chargers defense has been playing so good. Um, I just couldn't get myself to pull the trigger because of how good he played last week. Maybe it's recency bias, but uh, I mean that Broncos team basically gave up. Has basically given up at this point. So I I, I think it's solid. Look, I mean he's up to 200 passing yards, um, and like you said here, like I really expect the Chargers to you know kind of be able to lock him down here. Probably they probably run the ball a ton with Cam Akers. Cam Akers probably is like in the 70s, by the way. I mean, that's just – to me, that's wild from where we started in the beginning of the season to now we're getting Cam Akers 75 rushing yards or whatever. I, just, I don't even think it's that bad of a line. It's just that it's there, and it's, it's rising. For, for what it's worth, I have Baker Mayfield projected at 176 passing yards. Yeah. I mean, do you think this Chargers defense, I guess, I don't know, escalation or however you want to say it, uh, you know, is like like better, like significant? Do you think it's real or because they've they've the last three weeks they played like lights up? Yeah, I mean, essentially, uh, like I, I forget who brought it up, but since they got rid of crooked Tillery in week seven, like they've been top three in like EPA against per play. Like they've been fantastic. Yeah. And they're getting Bosa back. Um if not this week, soon. Our, our, I, I saw he was designated to return. He's practicing. Are we sure? I don't he's know if he's play? playing here, but I think he's he's coming back soon. But I think just the prospects of them moving forward, I think, is probably uh, super encouraging to our friend Jeff, uh, who I'm sure is uh, drinking the Kool Aid pretty uh, well. He he was very happy until he learned that uh, one Mister Tim Andercust has changed his allegiance to the Chargers now that he's given up on the Jets. So this really works two ways. <laughs> one. Now that he's given up on the Jets, they now have a chance to make the playoffs, which would be great for him. But if the Jets do not make the playoffs, he's going to start cheering for the Chargers, which Jeff did That's not tough. Like. That's not fair to Jeff. It's a bad beat. No. That's why I'm in on like Ravens futures. Yeah. How, how did, uh, wait, why is he giving up the Jets? Like there's, they're, they're still like in the, in the thick of things, right? Like, I mean, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Mike White's he, actually decent. If he doesn't cheer for them, they have a very good chance of winning. <laughs> It's it's that makes sense how it works. So yeah, like even just to hold on, just hold on one second. Like even to go back a little bit, I know they were giving up a bunch of points, but they've played the Chargers' schedule is pretty good. Like three points against the Colts, fourteen against the Titans. It softened up. Seventeen against the allowed against the Dolphins, but like they gave up twenty-seven in that stupid game against the Raiders. They gave up 24 to the Cardinals uh, in Kyler Murray's last game. You know, 30 to the Chiefs, 22 to the 49ers. Like they've been like pretty good over that stretch. There's some like pretty good offenses they played over yeah. that time. No, they have they have they have playmakers for sure. Like I said, I I, I don't know the status now, but man, you know, moving forward, um, I don't know if they're going to have Derwin James for this one. I think he's still in concussion protocol for uh, he he is, but I I would doubt that they would rush him back for this yeah. spot. They actually have pretty decent safety depth behind him, so they probably can give him a week 
Um, yeah, that was a tough. He blew up Ashton Dalton. Ah, that was a great. And how does it look for like? Do you do you know what the tiebreakers are? Obviously, if the Chargers win out and the Ravens lose out, they would leapfrog the Ravens for the five seed. But I mean, conference records about the same. They didn't play, did they? No, they played last year. Um, they did yeah. not. I don't think they. Played. So I, don't, I I don't know. I, I guess the Chargers would get the tiebreak. So I guess they could get the five seed. That is something to yeah. play for. That's it. Sounds pretty valuable right now in the yeah. AFC. Interesting. All right. Um, last or no, number three for me. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts on this one. It's moving a little bit. Um, it, so it looks like I am uh, in the right spot here. Latavius Murray under 44 and a half rushing yards. Um, there are 45 and a half out there uh, that are juiced a little bit. Um, but I mean, last week's a little hard to look at the box score because it was so skewed based off of how that game went just bananas. Uh, but we've seen a little bit more and more of Marlon Mack. We saw a decent amount of, of Chase Edmonds last week even. Um, they're definitely getting involved on passing down, so it's definitely hurting like Latavius Murray's upside if, if you're playing DFS or anything like that. But like he's losing base down work to these guys as well, or at least to Marlon Mack a little bit. So tough spot against the Chiefs, probably negative game scripts. Uh, we know that like you just can't get hurt from like explosive plays from Latavius Murray. So typically when he's getting here, it is on volume and the volume is just kind of fading away. Even last week, you know, eight carries for 34 yards. The week last time they played the Chiefs, eight for 32. Even in games when like the game script is close, he's right around this number. Um, tough matchup against Baltimore, 17 carries, and he barely topped this at 47 yards. Um, he crushed Arizona. There was no one else active. Arizona's sweet Latavius won me all that money. And now he he's, he's on vacation the yeah. rest of the year. We look at the last eight weeks, Arizona's 30, 31st in uh rush D DVOA. They've been terrible against the run. Buda Baker's out like they, they're struggling. Uh, so that's a great matchup. So it was, you know, you were on the right side there. I just think the lat Murray stuff has been volume only and the volume is kind of sliding away. And then here, you know, basically two touchdown dogs, uh, on the road in Kansas City just doesn't set up for a, a great spot for for Lat Murray. So under 44 and a half, I think, is a pretty good look. I agree. I haven't projected right around that number, but I think your context and given that Chase Edmonds has come back in a negative game script as well, that just bumps him off the field a lot more. Like even when they were losing in games, but it was just him and Marlon Mack, he just ended up out there. 30% more of the time. Thus that translated into two more carries and you, know, you bust one against, you know, if he's not out there to accept a third and 19 draw, which could go for 12 yards because the other team doesn't care. Like those are valuable when it comes down to these thousand percent. I mean, that's a great call up that cause that happens. It's like, we don't have a third 19 play in the playbook. We just got to get to, you know, hopefully a better position to punt. And that happens all the time. And like at the end of the day in props, it's not like base down, rushing yards it's it's cumulative rushing yards and those things happen so connor any thoughts on uh on lat murray i was trying to figure out i i thought i saw he was injured like limited in practice early in the week too i don't know if those are just rest days or whatnot but um i thought he's a little banked up as well okay yeah so probably not a factor but still you know any any rest he needs is probably less snaps he's playing so yeah i also chase edmonds big factor you know massive owl for me uh this year and uh you know betting on chase edmonds but uh, you know, it's all right. He's come back to win us more money by now fading Latavius Murray and hopefully playing more. We'll let you down easy on that one. The uh, 
Yeah, sad, sad day. My guy responded to me on Twitter, so I was like ready to be his number one fan, and then he just sucks. I mean, like, what are we? I'm like the best, one of the best offenses in the league this year. It's not horrible, great. horrible. It's not great. All right, back to the top, Connor. Uh, last one. Uh, any other looks that you like? Again, you can kind of uh, you know spray us with whatever you got here. For sure, my last one is going to be Alvin Kamara under 62 and a half rushing yards. He's seen a ton of work as of late, so it's a little bit scary if he gets like 20 carries like he has been. But both of those were in massive positive game scripts and great matchups against the Falcons and the Browns. I mean, two of like literally the bottom three run defense of the league. Now draws the Eagles, who have been playing awesome run defense of late. They haven't allowed a single running back to clear 60 yards uh, in the past, you know, five or six games. They allowed uh, uh, they allowed less than 40 to Derrick Henry and Saquon, David Montgomery, and both Zeke and Pollard did less than 60 yards as well. I think if Hurts plays, they blow out the Saints. I think even if Hurts does not play, I think that they have a ton of success here. Six and a half point favorites. I was interested in the Dalton under because I think that he's like he's also been horrible, but I'm I'm just more confident that they are able to give the volume to Kamara because of game script and the matchup is a little bit tougher with Jordan Davis, uh, you know, kind of playing a role and they've just been playing generally better run defense as he's returned. So that's kind of my, my spin on it though, but I could be talking to an adult and under, um, especially with, you know, still no weapons besides maybe Olave who looks like he's probably playing, but still, I, th- I think this spot here, you could probably like blanket bets Saints unders, but just Kamara just hasn't been very good this year. Like it's just been kind of like volume that's taken to get there. I told you in our FFPC draft, we went hero RB, with a running back that's nobody's hero, Alvin Kamara. And this is why we have not had a good season uh, in the main event streets. So, yeah, even last week, again, ton of rushing volume in that game against Cleveland. 20 carries for Kamara. He barely got here. It was a great matchup against a terrible Browns defense. But again, like, Taysom Hill's involved with nine carries. David Johnson had seven. They gave two to their fullback, David Prentice. Um, Like, they, they are okay not giving the ball to Alvin Kamara. So, like, 20 carries last week, great volume, but you know, he just hasn't been that dude. So I like it. This is on my list as well. It's a little light, but I think it's probably the right side. Pat, any uh, thoughts on Kamara? No, not really. I've been pretty anti Kamara all season long, but the Dalton unders look especially good. Yeah, not good. That's so bad. How bad is Jameis? I'm a little worried about like the Eagles, like the secondary injuries, though. Any thoughts on that? I mean, that was the only reason I didn't play it was because. They're not like at full strength and they just got absolutely wrecked by Dallas, who's significantly better offensively, but yeah, I mean the corners are okay. Uh, you know, they have they have some safety depth issues that is being tested here, but uh yeah, I don't hate it. I just think it's been a, probably a pretty advantageous spot all season long to just kind of short anything passing game against the uh probably anything passing game with Andy Dalton and anything passing against the Eagles has probably been a pretty nice setup. So yeah, it's been it's been not great. All right, Pat, what do you got? What's uh in consideration? All right, I got a, I got a, I got a few here, so I, I need you guys to to land on the one for me. I was looking at both Carolina tight ends now that they're playing a lot of twelve personnel. Tommy Trumbull's at nine and a half receiving yards. He's seeing two to three targets a game since Sam Darnold took over. I mean, that's one catch essentially. He's beat this number. No, sorry, that's Ian Thomas. He has beat that number each of the past two weeks. Uh, in two totally different game scripts. One where they're absolutely blowing out, not needing to pass against the Lions. He had 18 yards on two catches last week. And the week before when they were trying to play a little bit of catch up in a closer game against the Steelers, two for 20 on three targets. So essentially he's just averaging nine yards a target. So you know, nine and a half, pretty good number. Then you have Ian Thomas who has beat seven and a half receiving yards in four straight games. And he's averaging two and a half, three targets over that span. Just since Sam Darnold has come in, these guys have been 
listen, they're not a major factor. They're playing like 55, 60% of the offensive snaps a piece. So they're both out there more than half the time. And if you do think this ends up in a passing situation, I like the over on both of these. I think they're just really low threshold numbers to try to get to. So I like both of those. I don't really have one preference over another, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I just probably play both of them in the same game parlay and see how it works. Uh, if one hits, hopefully they both hit. But the other one, Donta Foreman from that same game. 61 and a half rushing yards against the Bucks. That seems like a really big number. Yeah, do we have Vita Vea info? Okay. Uh, not as of yet, but this is a split yeah. anyway. And if you think, and this is a big ask for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but if they can just get out to a lead in this game, we are not going to see Dante Foreman. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen, uh, you know, his in tops 48% snap share in uh, over a month. So you really need, you know, he's, he's definitely sharing. Um, they're both kind of getting there, but again, like you said, they've been winning games and they've been in, you know, even like tightly contested games. The problem is, is we've seen no ceiling offensively from the bucks all season long. Like it's, it's wild. Like we're waiting for it to happen. We're just not happening. Um, this is a nice spot for them. JC horns out. I think that helps the bucks. Maybe they get the passing game going, a little bit, but uh, you know, it's easy to tell yourself a story where Foreman is definitely not getting the volume that we've seen in like what we saw last week against Detroit, where they get up to you know crazy lead and they could really kind of just drive it home over and over again. So yeah, I don't, I don't hate that look at all. It's pretty high. Uh, the other thing too, uh, Vita Vea is practiced on a limited basis all three days this week, so that would lean him towards at least as of now, the more optimistic side of playing. And even when he missed against the Bengals a few weeks ago, like P Ryan was the Bengals leading rusher yeah, for twenty yards. That. Um, yeah, and the Hubbard stuff too is enough there where you just have other outs uh, for it to go wrong, even if the game goes in their favor, uh, even if it stays neutral scripts, uh, very well could you know struggle and uh, get chopped at you know 12, 13 carries. And this and this goes this goes back to the just kind of discussion we had about Latavius Murray as well. Now that they're using to use Blackshear a little bit more as well, that there is no chance that Foreman is going to get any of the softest, easiest carries in third and long against these coverages. He's just simply not going to yep. be on the field. Yeah, I like it. You're selling me on it for sure. Uh, where are we at on that? Um... So there, there's a Panthers same game <laughs> parlay for you. Um... <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would be a great same game parlay because like you said, like the Bucks have to be winning by a lot. So you can take like a Bucks minus six and a half and, you know, then like parlay that with uh, – you know, some Deonta Foreman unders. And I mean, that's just like such a great bet, but because if they're winning, I mean, I just was surprised like how much they mauled like Detroit in the trenches last week. Like they just dominated. Um, and I just, I don't think we've seen that that much of just like, you know, I mean, Detroit just hasn't been, you know, screwed like that in a while. No, that was just amazing. It was wild. That's really been, I think at the heart of, of their turning their season around and they just got absolutely destroyed. Uh, it's turning out to be a pretty decent offensive line there for Carolina, but uh yeah, it might not matter. Yeah, pretty much across the board, Foreman. Although, again, FanDuel off market, 56 and a half. So it tells you a little bit too, like, you know, getting the 61 and a half on DraftKings under on Foreman is probably a, a pretty good look. He might be moving. It, it's, it's, I'm looking at it right now because I'm trying to play a same game parlay. It's 61 and a half at Bet365 as well. MGM, Caesars. Caesars actually juiced significantly to the under. So they're going to be moving off of 61 and a half here shortly. So, but, if you just play the Thomas Tremble same game parlay, it's plus 260, just those two. And if you factor in Foreman's under, it's plus 650, just those three. It's pretty good. 
any and I know this is I think he's been a guy that's on your you know uh, do not touch list typically Pat but um, DJ Moore is a pretty good spot without Carlton Davis in the lineup. Carlton Davis is a corner that typically will shadow your best guy. Carlton Davis is I think doubtful for this game. Again, DJ Moore is kind of similar to like a Drake London where it's all it's just not a lot of passing volume, but he has such a massive share of the volume. Um, could be a decent spot for for DJ Moore if someone needs to add. You know, they're dying for a fourth leg here, and they want to get as much of the Carolina passing game in one bet as they possibly can. I think DJ Moore is in a, a decent spot here, especially if you think the Bucks can maybe turn it on here as well. I think it's a, a nice spot for him to have softer matchup. I, I just worry about the Bucks being able to turn it on. To be perfectly honest with you, that that's more or less the issue with all of this. We have a comment here to throw in a Brady interception from Scampers, uh, you know, in your same game parlay. Two interceptions in each of the last three games and then another pick uh, against the Saints there. So four straight games with an interception. Um, not sure they get it done in – or Carolina gets a pick without J.C. Horn, but, uh, I mean, I certainly don't hate it with considering how they're playing right now. Uh, looking at it too, like Godwin's in that game at 68 and a half. The over on him is a pretty nice look. I, I mean, I really like that. Uh, it's one of my strongest leans of the week in terms of the projections is Godwin over his number. So Godwin over 60. Let's just try to fill this out here. We'll do a same game parlay. Why not, right? Uh, so we have Foreman under. What we say? Brady pick? Yeah, Brady pick. This scamper suggestion. Love it. Uh, and we can throw Buck's money line onto there just for, just for fun. Quarterback props, interceptions, Tom Brady. Okay, so we have a – this is where I end up losing all my money, isn't this? Uh, Godwin over 68.5, Tommy Tremble over 9.5, Ian Thomas over 7.5, Dante Foreman under 61.5, Bucks win, Tom Brady over 0.5 interceptions, 40-1. to 1. Let's go. I, I mean, I'm on a fire on this too. We're, we're riding as a squad here the – same game parlay on the show. How you've been on worse outright golf winners at 40 to one than that same game parlay. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> why not? Right. About, about to be a whole all lot of more. <laughs> Cannot wait to give back all the, uh, did they, did they release odds for that? Yet? Um, I think Caesars is out with, uh, with some TOC odds. Golf is back next week, Connor. And also join the one and done if you haven't. Fantasygolfchampionships.com. 125 bucks for the year to play. It's four bucks a week. You win 50 grand. One and done's best. That's great. Great. Uh, great way to get into the golf. Connor actually last year joined our one and done that we ran internally at Betsperts late. Um, and I caught up. I had a yeah, couple outrights. I was, but I was just taking your outrights. So I mean, it didn't count. I was just like, I didn't but know it worked. But you got in. I caught up. Yeah. You, you had like, yeah. a, why, why aren't you playing this one then? I will. Maybe I will. Let's do it. Max it. Five yeah. entries. How close to be it? Sold. If people, if the, actually, if people this... out there are serious about getting in, you can have up to five entries. If you go get your spot right now, again, fantasygolfchampionships.com, and you screenshot me, your entry on Twitter, at the PME, I have a few free entries to give away, so just I'll put you in a draw for a free one to go on top of the one you already Love paid it. for. Great. Golf is, again, if you're taking those football – Football is the best. It's great. Golf betting is amazing. You, it, it, there's so many ways to do it. Again, we're, you know, we're going to sell you on props here, but like, there's just so many ways to bet on golf, um, and it's a it's a great sport. And it has similar cadence where you have like a couple days to build up into the tournament starting. Where you have all like the you know pre-tournament stuff, and then you can bet in tournament matchups, finishing positions, winners. You know, 
it's get it. So yeah, here, here's how it works. Like, let's say you have $100 to invest. That means you bet $100 on a prop or a side or a total on a Sunday, on a football game or a Thursday night. It's three hours of entertainment. You can take that $100 and split it up between three golfers for a much larger payout, and it lasts from Thursday through Sunday. So your entertainment value on those dollars spent through the roof. Soon your guy makes the cut. Sometimes your fun can end very... <laughs> Sure, but that, but you get three like you don't have to bet a hundred dollars yeah, on one. Yeah, you get yeah. three shots. Yeah, at least. Like if you had a hundred bucks this week for the tournament of champions, I'm looking at the odds now. It's like, oh shit, I can bet Tony Fina. I can put you know thirty bucks on Tony Fina. What the hell is thirty bucks paying? Like six hundred bucks if he ends up winning. You can go him. You can bet Colin Morikawa at twenty to one with another thirty bucks. Then you can throw forty on Scotty Scheffler at twelve to one. Like I mean, there is no cut this week, so you do get your True. four days. And you get to watch golf in Hawaii. It's, it could be worse. So. All right, uh, let me see. What do I get at the end here? Um, give you a traditional prop. We talked about it a little bit. I think you guys are on it too. Let me see where we're at price-wise. Unfortunately, I typically I like to bet a lot of like the attempts, completions, receptions um, type of stuff, and we are very limited out here in the market right now. We have a new one. Uh, looks like Leonard Fournette's rushing attempts is out here. But I really like Kenneth Walker um, rushing attempts here, 16 and a half. Uh, basically minus 105 across the board it, before we started was juiced 15 and a half. Looks like it's moved a little bit. They gave him 26 carries on a bum ankle last week in negative game script. We just talked about, you know, Pat made a great case for the Geno Smith uh, passing yards under. Uh, it's just a really bad spot to throw into this Jets defense. Um, you know, the Seahawks are still alive. If, you know, for playoff hopes, like they, they need Walker to get going here and to really kind of, you know, neutralize this Jets pass defense. I think they're going to need to lean on him. 16 and a half. Again, is 10 fewer than they gave him last week um, against the, the Chiefs here. So 16 and a half minus 105 for Ken Walker, I think is a, a good look. Waiting for some more of those to, to come out here. Um, again, very limited tackles and assists out there currently, but I'm going to give you some looks. Typically when I do this part, uh, we don't necessarily get like, Projection edges. I'm giving you some stuff at the top of the board where I think the guy is going to exceed expectations. Again, 444.com slash plans. It is $34. I promise you we can make $34 back this weekend on tackles alone. Um, not just off of what Connor's doing. Again, that feels like super touty and I should have like gold chains and like chest hair popping out. But I, we can get you your money back. $34. Bucks. Um, old school. You know, you're going to be old to remember the uh, old 800 number. Uh, stuff that we used to get back in the day for for betting touts. But uh, all right, tackles and assists. Rashad Evans. I'm actually going to give you two Falcons here at the top. Rashad Evans, uh, linebacker for the Falcons, probably going to be at like nine and a half, 10 plus in eight of nine. Um, before last week's kind of quiet game against Baltimore, they only had Baltimore only ran 51 plays. That happens sometimes against Baltimore. Um, the home scorekeeper in Atlanta is the best in the business. They are giving out the highest rate of assists per game um, in this tackles and assists. We don't care if they get the solo tackle. Again, it's subjective, and there are scorekeeper edges to be exploited, and the uh, Falcons are one of the places that we want to do that. They are giving out uh, 30.6 assists per game, which is basically 10 more than league average. Um, overall, they're giving out the third highest rate of assists. So great spot. Richie Grant is another Falcon that we're going to do this with. Um, he's probably going to be at five and a half. He has six or more in eight straight. For some reason, they just continue to open Richie Grant. 
uh, at five and a half. Again, we're going to take advantage of the same scorekeeper stuff. Um, I don't think the matchup here against uh, David Blau really impacts this a ton uh, because you're still seeing even when they had Trace McSorley, they were still getting off a ton of plays, stay, still playing fairly fast and really had kind of like the same pass rush splits that they had even with Kyler in the lineup. So I don't think the Blau issues here are affecting us at all. Um, Luke Masterson is a linebacker for the Raiders who might not get hung here because um, they haven't typically been, you know, this is kind of the problem with tackles as well. You can have great spots and they don't really post everyone. The, the Raiders have had um, a dude retire instead of taking every down snaps for them, a linebacker. They've had four guys uh, get lost for the season. And now Masterson is the last man uh, standing and has a pretty elite tackle rate. So if he's even hung at like eight and a half, nine and a half, this guy is, I haven't projected for almost 11 in this spot against the Niners who should run a ton in the second half and linebackers against the Niners have fared fairly well. Also good scorekeeper data at home for Las Vegas. Um, Jalen Petrie safety for Houston, probably going to be at seven and a half. He has been a monster of late nine or more in four straights plays every down a safety for the Texans who have terrible tackling linebackers. So the safeties get a lot of opportunities, which is why he's been getting a lot of tackles um, projected for almost nine. Uh, again, I feel pretty confident he'll be uh, posted at seven and a half. Again, very favorable scorekeeper data in Houston as well. Um, the Patriots, we talked about uh, Juwan Bentley last week. We gave him out here at seven and a half at plus money. I think you're going to see seven and a half on him again. He's got 10 or more in three straights. And the Patriots have the biggest discrepancy between home and road assists granted. Um, they do not give out assists to the visitors, 12.7 per game which is significantly lighter than the 26 and a half that they give the home team. So uh, Patriots guys are in really good spots. Bentley played hundred percent of the snaps last week. So he's been like 85, 90 um, early in the season. He was like 65. He's just kind of trending up. So I think his, that's why his number is kind of lagging behind. So those are some of my favorite looks just without anything being posted. Again, get in the discord four for slash plans, get the subscription 34 bucks. You get all the official plays. Went 2-0 last night uh, with uh, Michael Parsons under 4.5. He had one. Uh, and then Monty Rice had like 12 or 13, I think, on an over 8.5. So going to continue to crush it. All right. Uh, what else? Anything else? To, let's get to some listener questions here before we wrap up. We got five minutes or so. Make sure I didn't miss anything at the top. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. This is, uh, you know, my favorite things to do every week. We love your questions. Gus bus from Brian over 39 and a half. Uh, Connor, this has been a weekly bang for you. This has uh, been pretty profitable. Yeah. I mean, literally against the Steelers last time, 13 for 66. Uh, I guess my, my only concern would be that the last two matchups against Cleveland and Atlanta, I mean, those are just awesome spots, like literally like top three spots. And the Steelers, I wouldn't say they're necessarily like a bad spot. They're just like, they don't pop there. And we know that it's going to be Dobbins is like the 1A and then Gus is the 1B. And like, you just need the volume. Like in this spot, you need 10 plus carries. And like, I don't think that's always guaranteed. We saw seven against Cleveland. They fell behind a little bit. Um, so I think that's kind of my only worry um, with this one. Like I definitely will go back to it in other spots because this prop is too low every single week. It should probably be like 45 here. But uh, yeah, in better matchups, uh, I like it. I have him at 29% of the team's rushing share this week. 
And that factors out into projections as, let's see here, eight carries for 43 yards. Still have to get it done. Yep. Yeah, he's been, uh, what, 34, 27, 32 the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, even if you're, you know, Pat's kind of right in the middle of that. And uh, it's been enough for Gus to get it done. So, yeah, I don't think it's a bad matchup. No problem going uh, back to that. Uh, let's see here. We got uh, Fire Sports on Tyreek Hill over yards whenever the line comes out. Yeah, the Patriots secondary is, like, decimated. I haven't seen any official stuff before we jumped on here. But, like, basically – the majority of their starters have not been practicing all week. So they are definitely going to be running out some uh, some secondary guys in the secondary. I have no problem with the Tyreek number. Probably going to still be in the, like, the mid-80s, even though Teddy's here. So no problem with that. Uh, Pat, do you happen to have access to your Tyreek number? Oh, yeah, 96 yards. Yeah. But, I mean, Teddy. Mm. Eh. It's been not great. How did Tyreek do? How did Tyreek do in that Bengals game earlier this year? When I, I just remember him coming, Teddy came into the game and just bombed it to Tyreek on the first play, and then that was basically everything he did. Yeah, he was uh, in that game. I don't know how, like, what the split was between Tua and teddy bridgewater but he was 10 for 160 in that thursday night game that they lost teddy played the next week he did he play the next week against the jets he did right Teddy play the next week against the jets no Skyler yeah, Thompson you're right you're right, you're right oh yeah he got knocked out early in the game yeah. like the first play oh yeah that's right so yeah, yeah. we I, I mean i have no baseline for teddy bridgewater right now um yeah i think to fire sports point uh i think that if we catch a lower prop than normal i'm totally fine hitting the over here but if we get like the normal prop, then uh, but Teddy did play. the so, majority it, of the next game against Minnesota. Um, did he? I thought no, that, yeah, but he didn't start that game. He came in injured because uh, Skylar Thompson got <laughs> hurt in that game. Yeah, and then Tyreek went for so twelve for one seventy-seven on fifteen targets. Okay, so so maybe the over is most definitely the play here because we have Teddy Bridgewater fourteen for twenty-three against the Bengals in catch-up mode. Uh, no receiver had over fifty-five yards except for Tyreek who was 10 of 160 on 14 targets. So he, he like Tyreek's the only guy that Teddy Bridgewater throws to. Yeah, this is that's a monster game against, I mean, great matchup against Minnesota, but yeah, he uh, he definitely, he crushed in that one. Um, Waddle had a nice little day too, 10 targets, uh, six for 129. But uh, yeah, Tyreek is, seems to have had some pretty good games with, uh, with Teddy. So smart, seems like a good idea. Throw the ball to Tyreek every time you drop back. So Maybe over receptions once that yeah. comes out. It probably we are going to get a discount, I think, on both receptions and yards uh, because of the quarterback. It's probably six and a half. I, I would say even over seven and a half. I mean, that's not ideal, obviously, but I think yeah. he gets there. I bet it's six and a half. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, same game. Lucas wants to know it's not open currently, but thoughts on Jacoby Myers over. Receiving yards probably does open in the low 50s, sometimes even in like the high 40s. I don't know, man. Like, it's been so bad offensively in New England, uh, the passing game. I mean, like, Jacoby needed a pretty freak tip ball helmet type of catch last week to, to get there. Um, I mean, he obviously is the primary passing weapon there, but that's not really saying too, too much. Uh, kind of a, a stay away for me. Again, the matchup is pretty great. I mean, Miami has been given it up against passing offenses all season, but uh, 
you know, just that game starts, I'm going to be feeling pretty thin about how that current offense is playing. And I, I don't want any overs there. Connor, what are your thoughts? No, I, I, I totally agree. I think it's that's spot on here. And then we have some a uh, little bit of news here. Lamar Jackson officially ruled out mid show. I guess that was kind of expected, at least in my opinion. Um, one last look before you guys hop off. Pat mentioned it last week. Curtis Samuel overs with Carson Wentz back had went five or fifty two last week. Um, you know, pretty solid spot here as well. I think this is this could be another great week to bet some overs on him. I just like an automatic like five receptions for fifty yards. So. What, what what was the number being spit out? Uh, there's no there's no number yet. I don't see one, but I, it was just on my list of things to bet uh, an over on for sure. Yeah, let me see. It looks like nothing. Um, no, it looks like nope. He's not posted, but they have Dotson's posted, McLaurin's posted. Um, Dotson at forty four and a half. What's McLaurin? Because I'm interested in McLaurin. Fifty. Uh, so FanDuel is fifty six and a half points bet fifty five and a half. Um, yeah, in forty four and a half. For Dotson, um, yeah, DraftKings, MGM, Caesars have not entered. You rarely see FanDuel or PointsBet uh, be first in the market for anything. Uh, so they are here and ready to get your commander's money. Uh, yeah, I, I got Curtis Samuel four catches, 48 yards. It's going to be well below that. Yeah, I like that too. It's a good look. All right, gents. Uh, it's good. Anything else for the people before we wrap it up? Pat, where can everyone find your stuff? Mayo Media Network uh, and the one and done. So let's try to fill that up. I wonder how many spots remain. It doesn't start for another two weeks. It starts at the Sony Open. But this happens every year. Noonan, you know about this, where people will be like, they're going to kick their heels on it, be like, oh, I really want to play. I'll make sure I do that next week. And then all of a sudden, they just don't do it. It's, it's almost half full now, and we really haven't started promoting it yet. Give the one and done. It's fun. It's a fun way to... to... Gamble on golf. Pat said it is uh, super cheap relative to the entertainment value that you get out of the course of an entire season. Basically, this will take you into you know late August. Um, pretty simple one and done. You pick a golfer to win the tournament every week. You can only use him once during the season. You get his prize money as your points for the season. And uh, you know, competitive field through uh, obviously everyone that tunes into Pat for golf stuff. And uh, nice little prize money at the end too. So send yourself a reminder on your phone when you do so Wednesday nights. Maybe Wednesday afternoon sometimes because you get some of that like, you know, golf sometimes overseas or different stuff. Like set yourself an alarm so you don't miss your guy. Otherwise you get. I, you, you don't even need to do that. You can just type in your phone number into the system and it will send you a text alert of that. Hey, you haven't made a pick yet. You should make a pick. Can't be it. There we are. Easy. So my guy, Sam C wants to know where he can get it. Just another reminder. Fantasygolfchampionships.com. Carter, tacos, tequila. What else is coming from you? Yep, uh, meeting up with our boss uh, behind the scenes, Luis, for some uh, Kobe steaks tonight and, and uh, a lot of tequila. So very excited about that. We'll have a bunch of more props uh, coming in the next few days, getting down on them in my you know unconventional ways down here in Mexico. But uh, you know I'll find a way to get some action down myself and uh, continue pr- printing out winners for you and tailing your tackle props. Love it. Yeah, you get three six five while you're down there. So um, might have to send you some money and uh, find a way to make some of this work this week. So. Let's do it. Good stuff as always, gents. Uh, Enjoy the new year. Thanks for everyone uh, hanging out with us. We will be back for um, the shit show that is week 18. Uh, But there will be props to be bet on. And, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about dealing with all that stuff. We'll be here to to handle it for you. So for Pat and Connor, I'm Ryan. We'll see you all next week.